The Bible says this to us. I want to talk to you out of a couple of things. Have any of you ever had a time in your life when you were just doing everything you knew to do? You were, you were doing the right things right. You were, you, were, you were loving the right way. You were walking the right way. You were trying to lift others up. You were trying to build people. You were trying to strengthen people that needed to be strengthened. You were trying to just do what we as Christians are supposed to do. And still there was a time in your life in the midst of all you were trying to do that you still felt like you just needed something else. Anybody? Well, I'm not sure about you, but there's been times in my life, and I've been doing this a day or two, and there's been times in my life that I have been doing all those things. I understood what life was about and how to do what I was supposed to do. And still in the midst of all that, there were still times when I still felt empty. There were still times that I feel still felt like I wasn't sure. There were still times that I was grasping and pulling toward the heavens for something that I could tangibly get my hands on that I could believe in. And so because of that, I'm thankful this morning that I'm just simply going to talk to you about some stuff that you probably already know. You've probably already heard it. You've probably already rehearsed it. And the reality of it is, is we ain't none genuine anyway. We've all heard it before. We've seen it before. It's been preached before. We've sung it before. But even though we have, it's still sometimes good to be reminded so we'll have something that we could tangibly get a hold of when we need something desperately more than any other time that we can say, God, we're thankful that you are here for us. Second Peter says this, verse number 1, talking to you about a guy that we're very familiar with, a guy that we know about, we know what he has done, we know some about his resume, we know some about where he has come from, but if you'll give me just a couple of minutes, let me just talk to you just a little bit more about, about him and about who he is. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, if you'll pay attention to what he did immediately, immediately what Simon Peter did was, was he told you who he was. He, get, he simply gave you his name, and then he wanted to start off why he started out with, I'm a servant, but I think that there was significance to that. I think he was saying that, yes, this is, this is who I am. Before I became an apostle, I was a servant. He was here to serve. And then he said, I'm an apostle, or I'm a person that was sent specifically by Jesus Christ and here's what I want you to notice. There is something that happens in this part of this text right here. He said, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, what Peter was simply rehearsing to us is, is that we all have the same privilege or the same opportunity as all the others. Have you ever heard someone speak or you ever heard anybody sing? You ever heard anybody just read a scripture? Or you ever heard anybody that did something miraculous and you said, wow, there's really something going on in their life that's probably special. 
Well, what Peter's doing for us is, is he's simply saying to us, yes, I'm the guy that renounced Christ, and then I'm the guy that he also chose to use on the day of Pentecost to preach to 3,000 people, and they became born again. And it wasn't because of anything I did. It was because of everything he had done. And see, what I'd like to say to you today is, is that when you begin to work and to build and to pay attention to who and what you are and build faith, what happens is is that there are people just like Peter that can say when I'm tangibly trying to grab something that I can believe in, he will give us something like that. Peter said this, he said, I'm a servant and I'm an apostle. I was sent specifically. Let me tell you what faith is, and this is not the Webster's definition, even though it would possibly have some of the same things in it. But the definition of faith that I wrote down was as faith is an invisible power, say invisible, that originates on the inward man and is able to change outward things. See, some of, some, some of us, some of us sometimes, sometimes, sometimes in life, we all need to understand that there's something that's working inside of us that when it begins to do what it does on the inside of us, it will produce an outward experience. And when that outward experience begins to work through us, because understand, it's not coming through, it's not us that's coming out, it's what's coming through us that's coming out. And because of that, it produces an outward result that others can look at and can grab a hold of and can tangibly get a hold of. We know the faith chapter. We've read Hebrews chapter 11. We've talked about Hebrews chapter 11. We realize what Hebrews chapter 11 is to us. Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's those things that we can grab a hold of when we desperately need something to believe in. For those of you that are younger than I am, there are going to be times in your life when you are going to experience stuff that you are going to desperately need something tangibly that you can get your hands on and you can say that when I don't feel like I have what I need inside of me because of the God that lives inside of me, I can continue to take another step and He will encourage me to continue the process in progress. And see, the reality of it today is is that whether you're older than me or younger than me and you understand faith or you don't feel like you understand faith, when you tangibly need something, Peter's giving us just a few things that we can really believe in. You ever needed something you just needed something you could believe in? How many of you are married? Well, I assure you, if you're married, baby, you need to believe in the institution of marriage. Because if you don't believe in the institution of marriage, whoo, you better sit down with me in a little while. How many of you have kids? How many of you have teenagers? How many of you have grown kids? Now, see, I don't know about you, but I got some of the best kids in the world. I'll put mine up against anybody, baby. But the reality of it is, is that when we were going through some of that stuff, there was times I needed something to believe in. Peter's talking to us and he's saying that I'm going to write to a people and talk to a people so that they can look at me and when they look at me they can say if Peter can do it I can certainly do it. Peter was talking to us and say I'm going to give them just a couple of things in 2 Peter chapter 1 that they can grab on, they can believe in, they can trust in and when they are finished doing what they're doing in that particular moment they will know that it will be okay. Okay. 
See, sometimes I don't need Pastor Lucas to look at me and tell me what the Word says. I just need Pastor Lucas to look at me and tell me it's going to be okay. Not because it's going to be fixed all the time, or not because I'm not going to have to go through it all the time, not because I'm not going to have difficulties, not because I'm not going to experience trials, and the Bible speaks specifically to that too as well. Come on. He says that, 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 that not because we're not going to have some of those things, but because sometimes I just need a little more, something I can touch and believe in. Peter said there's a couple of things here that you can believe in. Number one, you got to get the fact that you have the same privilege as everybody else. You, you have the same opportunity as Billy Graham have, had. Everybody thinks Jake's and he is one of the most prolific speak spokesmen of this time. And, and you have the same opportunity that Jake's have. You may not be in West Virginia starting out in a small church and trying to preach. That may not be your calling. That may not be your goal. That may not be what God is going to put in you to do. God may have you in another place doing another thing in another time. Going to another season. But God has given us the same opportunity and the privilege as he has. Because we have all started with the same Foundation of faith, right? Let me give you just a couple of things real quick. Peter said, you can have faith in the person of Christ. Now, where do you see that at? Verse number two, he says, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God, right? That produces something. And then he goes on to say, and of our Lord Jesus Christ. The reality of it is, is that when things are difficult or when things are great, there are going to be times when things are great that you still need something tangible that you can put your hands on and you can say, I need something that I can really believe in. When I laid my motorcycle down about four years ago and I thought I was 10 foot tall and bulletproof, still do, but he proved to me I wasn't. And I broke my leg and had to have pins and had to have plates and all that kind of stuff in my 40s. How many of you believe that I knew at that point that I was not invincible? The reality of it is, is that sometimes we need somebody that's bigger than us to look to. In the book of John, they recorded a, a story of a wedding. And the Bible says that Jesus' mother was there. Jesus was there, and his disciples were there, right? His mom came to him and said, Jesus, which is what I would do too. I mean, if Jesus was there and I was there and something went wrong, I would run to him and say, hey, bro, I mean, this is messed up. Will you help me? His mom did the right thing. She went to him and she said, Jesus, the wine's gone. And he looked there and said, yeah, what you want me to do about it? Now, I know he didn't say that, but you know what I mean. He said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm here, but I mean, I, what's that? That doesn't involve me. Instead of getting upset, Jesus' mom just simply looked at the servants and said this, Hey, dudes, look, whatever this guy tells you to do, I don't care what it is. I don't care when he says it. I don't care what it looks like. Whatever this guy tells you to do, do it. Fair enough? I would simply rehearse that in your hearing today that sometimes when you're following Christ and we need things and we need something to hold on to and something to believe in, I would simply say to you that it's sometimes when you follow Jesus, he will lead you places you never thought you would be. 
He would encourage you to do things that you never thought you would be encouraged to do. He will strengthen you to say things that you never thought would be coming out of your verbiage. He would, give you, he would give you things that would take place in your life that you never thought you would be standing to say or do. But what I would encourage you to do on this Sunday morning on the 26th of November in 2017 is going into the new year. Is that Whatever he says to you to do, you do it. Because I assure you, if you will do it, he will never disappoint you. He will never let you disappoint others. And he will never put you in a place that you are not equipped to do what he's asked you to do. So just as he did that day, do whatever it is. He says, I promise you today, if you will do that, you will finish well. See, sometimes I need something to believe in. And if I pay attention to the person of Christ, it gives me something I can look to. Verse number three, he says, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Power can be defined just simply this way. It's just ability. How many of you know that we all have different abilities? We were built differently, right? There were some of us that do some things well, and some of us do other things well. If you ever want to build something, don't call me. I ain't ashamed to tell you, don't call me. If you call me to help you build something, I promise you, you're going to be disappointed because I don't know how to build anything. Okay? Now, if you want to go, if you want, if you want to go and talk about, you know, about firearms, or you want to go talk about motorcycles, or you want to go talk about, you know, talk about sports, or you want to talk about stuff that I guess you can probably do without, stuff that don't really matter, <laughs> that's me! Well, the reality of it is, is we were all built differently, but if we understand that the power that is produced from on high and heaven and then comes through us, that we will become significant because it's not our power. We're just a conduit that the power is transfused and transferred through, right? So let me say to you, if you need something to believe in, the Bible teaches us that you can believe in the person of Christ, and the Bible teaches us that you can believe in the power of Christ. And I promise you today, if you don't believe that there is a power that is bigger than us, if you will search him out and you will seek him out and you will explore the depths of God, he will show himself real to you. And when he begins to show himself real to you, it won't be someone else teaching you. It won't be someone else talking to you. It won't be someone else explaining it to you. It will be God himself talking to him, talking to you through his son. And when that happens, you will begin to get something you can be encouraged by. So check this out. The reality of it is, is that there was a woman that said that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. And when she had her infirmity, the Bible said that she pressed through the crowd. When she pressed through the crowd, she got to Jesus and she touched him. See, lots of times we think that the great thing happens was when that she touched him and he stopped and he said, Whoa! Stop! Somebody touched me! It wasn't the fact that, he, that she touched him. The, the, the miracle took place when she believed that if she did touch him, that she would be whole. See, it's not about sometimes whether I can get to you and whether or not I can high-five you whether or not the job's going to get done. What, what really takes place is, is that when I get to you and before I ever touch you or before we ever make contact as believers is that we believe that when it does happen, God's going to do the work. See, that's what it's about. It's about believing what happens on the inside that will produce outward results, right? Got to hurry real quick. So check this out. You can believe in the person of Christ. 
you can believe in his power, and you can definitely believe in the 31,000 or so verses in this book. Okay? This book will do things to you that you don't want done. I promise. I promise. Whether you think you understand it or whether you don't. And I, the more I read, the more I really understand that I don't get it. I don't always get it, right? But what I do get is, is that if I will study it and pay attention to it and live by it and do the best I can to, of the best of my ability, try to learn what he is doing on, in this book and through this book, what I will understand is, is that there are promises that were specifically put there for me. You were given, given, us, given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of a divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the world through, through lust. Peter was talking to us and he said to us that when there's times when I'm wondering who I am, you've never been there, have you? Or when there's times when Hold on, i got to ask this. Have you ever reinvented yourself? <laughs> what are you talking about, preacher? Anybody in this house ever reinvented themselves? I went, to, I went to law enforcement rookie school at 42 years old, baby. It can be done. You hear what I'm telling you? I was a business guy. Don't know why, not sure why, but I was a business guy and fairly successful at it somehow. Thank God for people that will train you and teach you. And if you apply what they have taught you and trained, you can be successful. Between being that and being a minister where I helped a lot of people and was able to preach a, preach a little bit from time to time, the reality of it is, is that God will allow you to re I just always wanted to be a cop. It was good timing. It was good transition. So I said, I'm going to rookie school, and the sheriff liked me enough to let me go. Sometimes we reinvent ourselves, and the reality of it is we say, who, who are we? Who am I really? Let me say to you that every place that you are, God is preparing you for the place you're going. Amen. It's going to be very important that you exit the place you are well so that you will enter the place you're going well. See, we think we can run from one place and run to another, and that'll make it all better. Well, you can't run from one place to another because whatever you leave the other with, you're going to enter the next one with. Come on, somebody. You know I'm telling the truth. So the reality is that every once in a while, we got to know who we are so that we can know where we're going. So when we get there, we'll know what to do when we get there. Come on, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Peter was giving us some stuff. He was talking to us about some stuff. And I just want to mention just a couple of those things to you. See, faith produces in all of us, it produces some stuff inside, in, in us. Faith produces in us, it produces in us action. And so when faith begins to produce in us action, it's because of what we believe. Remember, if you don't remember anything else, remember what you believe will be reflected in your actions. Right? Now that's not the time that I open up this book and give you a list of do's and don'ts. Okay? I've been there. I understand it. I get it. But that's the time I open this book and say that when we believe something, it comes through what we do. It does, okay? And what happens is, is that when you see that the Bible goes from faith to belief to action to practice, applicable, it becomes part of our DNA when we do it enough, right? 
in firearms when our guy's giving us verbal inspiration of what we did wrong. For those of y'all that have never been around a bunch of cops, you won't understand that. But when our captain's giving us verbal inspiration of how we messed it all up, and if we ain't hitting the target, we apparently are doing what he said. It's about pointing at what what, what you're shooting at, right? I mean, that's pretty simple, right? It's about if you point at it, you're going to hit it. Is it just that simple? I thought it was. But I've been pointing at stuff for a long time and still ain't hitting nothing. But then you start to learn little things that you were doing that you didn't even know you were doing. And you begin to correct those things. And then you begin to believe if you correct those things that your shooting will get better. And then when you believe it and you put it into practice and your firearm scores and your proficiency goes up, then you begin to really believe. Why? Because he just gave you something you could tangibly believe if you will do it, it will change something in your accuracy. See, sometimes we get all out of alignment. How many of you notice you got four cars, four tires on a car? Anybody ever had one tire on a car out of alignment? What does it feel like? It'll jack up that whole car, right? And the other three can be fine. Well, the reality of it is the same thing, that when you put into practice things that you have learned because you believe them, you really began to internalize them. When you internalize them, things began to change, and when they change, God does something different. Right? Faith produces belief. Belief produces action, and action produces practice. So check this out. Romans talks to us about presenting our bodies, living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. I told you, and Peter, he said, we all got the same privilege to present ourselves, right? And then he'll give us something to foundationally stand on. When you look all down through the Bible, let me just throw this at you real quick. If you look in, in John chapter 2, if you look in John chapter 16, and you start to pay attention, John chapter 16, verse 7, through down about 16 or 17, what you see is, is that Jesus says, I'm here, and he says, but I didn't come to stay. Okay? So what Jesus said is, is he said, I didn't come with the intentions on staying. I came with intentions on leaving so I could produce in you something that would help you to have the ability to maneuver through the minefield while I'm gone. Right? So he never came with the intention on staying. He came with the intention on leaving. And he said, when I go, it's expedient for you. It's important for you as believers, as a body of jointly fit together members, it's important for you that I give you something that will help you in the midst of your walk. Right? And so he said, I'm going to leave you a comforter, what's on the inside, by faith. And how many of you know it takes faith to build all that, right? So he said he was going to do that. So when you're building your faith, when you're talking about all the stuff God's did and God is doing and God has done, then what he's trying to do is, is he's trying to encourage us how to put it into practice. So let me tie this all up this way. For those of you that know what an Impala are, not the car. Not the car, Chris Stanley, not the car. 
An impala is an animal, and I'm finishing, so stand up with me. I'm really quitting. An impala is an animal that can jump 10 feet high straight up. An impala is an animal that can launch himself 33 feet forward. 33 feet with one leap. An impala is an animal that can run 60 miles per hour. That's getting it done, son. Yet when you study the impala and you look at what it takes to enclose the impala in a zoo, you would think a majestic, powerful being with a backbone that's built like a shock absorber to take the leaps that it's going to do because that's what it was built to do. You would think, how could you enclose such a majestic powerful animal. So you begin to ask yourself, how could you enclose in an encaged enclosure something like that? And then when you pay attention, it only takes a three-foot wall. With one leap! You could jump out the entire zoo. And it only takes a three-foot wall. I could jump ten foot straight in the air. I was built to do it. If I ever make the leap, you'll never catch me because I'm able to run 60 miles an hour. But yet they can place an impala inside an enclosure, put a three-foot wall there, and he never leaves. You know why? Because the impala likes to know where he's going to land. And so if he doesn't know where he's going to land, he won't jump. So even though he was built by a great God that put the universe in orbit... And even though he was put here by a God that said, I know what you're built for and what you're designed to do and what's going to be accomplished through you if you'll only leap. Because he can't see beyond where the wall is, he won't even try. (laughs) Okay, see, I don't know about you, but every once in a while I just get tired of being caged. Come on, somebody. I mean, every once in a while, I just get tired of being behind the wall and don't know how to get out. And all I need somebody to do is to come alongside me, put their arms hand in hand with me and say, it's okay. We don't know where we're going to land. But wherever it is that we land, God is going to be there. So just like the Impala, sometimes we have to muster up enough internal Strength. See, we've got external strength. We've got external support systems. We've got external resources. We have external tools and people that will help us. But sometimes you have to stir up 
what's already. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. If you're a believer in this house today, sometimes you just got to stir up what you already know is on the inside. Can I tell you that at the point of conception, when you were saved, the Holy Spirit was resident in your being. See, I'm trying not to get too, too, I'm, see, it's about time to shout. I'm about, about ready to shout in here, son. See, I'm about to tell you, when you start talking about the goodness of God and what he is doing through us and what he can do through us, and I don't care where you come from, I don't care what your background is, I don't care what your history is, I don't care what you know, I don't care if you're a theologian or not, I don't care if you're breathing air today, God's designed you to do doesn't matter where you come from. So check this out. So when you just need something you can believe in, when you just need something sometimes, and see, I don't know about you, but baby, I've been doing this a long time, and sometimes I still want to, on, on, sometimes in the mornings, I still want to cover my head back up and say, I ain't doing it today. What? You? You act like you got it all together. I do. Once she glues it back together and I broke it again. She says, oh, come on now. I do have it all together. And then I break it. So when you need something, you can get your hands on it. You can just grab something you can believe in. Let me encourage you that the Bible says, Philippians 4.13... I want you to close your eyes all over the building because I don't want you to have your eyes on nobody but, but, but God because focus determines direction and whatever your focal point is is what you're going to look at. When you look at it, sometimes you might be going the wrong way because you're looking at the wrong thing. So Philippians 4.13 gives us some very good words. It says, I can, and I would like you to say that. Say, I can. Come on, say it again. Say, I can. Say with me, I can. See, what you have to understand that that word I can is an affirmation statement that you are declaring in your life that I have the ability. What can you do? The Bible says you can do all things. What does all things mean? All things to me sounds all inclusive. It doesn't matter what it is, where it is, where it comes from, what the origin is. I can do it because Christ is inside of me. So that word, I can do all things. All things is is simply us saying, I know it's been affirmed in me. Now it can be applicable in my life. I can get it done on the ground level, right? Come on, somebody say, I can do all things. Now, if you're a born-again believer in this house and you will just lift your voice with me, will you say, through Christ? Christ. Come on, through Christ. Through Christ. Christ. That's simply an association statement saying it doesn't matter about me. It hinges off of Him. And if it hinges off of Him, baby, I promise you, you can get it done. You hear what I'm telling you? I promise you, I won't preach on anything else today. But I want you to be encouraged. Because you're born again. And if you're born again, you're built for this stuff. Okay? All right? You're built for this. And it doesn't matter what you know or don't know. You have the resources to be successful.
this has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the sea.